This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Want to know what's going on in your neck of the woods and learn the history and the people behind the events that you love across the state? Get to know the real Mississippi. Check out MPB Think Radio's Next Stop Mississippi podcast on all platforms or on the MPB public media app. From MPB Think Radio, this is AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASE Certified Master Technician. I'm Jermaine Flood. Happy New Year, Coach Charlie. Oh, happy New Year to you. Glad to be here I'm today. glad to have you here today. How was your Christmas holiday? It was just great, and I had to say hotty toddy because those <laughs> Rebels won. I had to throw that out there, but it was great. Went to the Peach Bowl, and the kids came over, and we yeah. had a wonderful, wonderful time. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. The, the trip there in two? The Good. trip there in two was great. Okay. Had a wonderful time. Didn't right. have to have no delays. Just Cool. Even stopped at uh, Bucky's a couple times, had a good time. That's what happens when you stop at Bucky's. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. I had I my hear. picture taken with him. With Bucky himself? Well, I'm one of these crazy guys. I went in there and put on a Bucky costume, went outside, took the picture, went back out there and took the Bucky costume off. Because I bought one. Yeah. You know, I had to have one. I bought one for Christmas. <laughs> I love it. And so I had to have my picture taken with him. <laughs> That's awesome, Coach. You had a good holiday. I had a good holiday. You had a good holiday. I chilled. I did a lot of rest. R&R was at the top of the list. I had to come home to rest. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that was at the top of my list. R&R. But you know what we're not going to do this 2024, Coach? What? Rest on these cars. We are not going to rest. We're just going to keep on going. <laughs> We're going to keep going because today it's a very special day. Now, I want to go ahead and preface this with it's almost been a year from the last time you had an EV episode. It was like March 6th or something or 2nd of, of last year. And so I'm excited to bring back the EV episode this year for 2024 to get us kicked off. You know, EVs are a big topic, especially around here at AutoCorrect um, and, of course, in the news. So, of course... You know what we're talking about today. It's EVs. Our email address for questions is auto at mpbonline.org. I got a little write-up. Okay, an EV is defined as a vehicle that can be powered by an electric motor that draws electricity from a battery and is capable of being charged from an external source. An EV includes both a vehicle that can only be powered by an electric motor that draws electricity from a battery and a vehicle that can be powered by an electric motor that draws electricity from a battery and by an internal combustion engine. So that's my write-up, but we brought some experts in the house. First off, I want to I want you, Coach, to introduce your guest. Well, we got Pete Tyre from Professional Automotive in Clinton. Uh, known him for uh, quite a few years, and he knows some friends that had EVs, and so he's going to be one of our guys that talked today, and he will be able to give us some, a lot of information on the EVs today. That's right. Pete, welcome to AutoCorrect. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. We wanted to make sure that we had a pro in the house, and you look exactly like that. <laughs> he, he's flexing everybody. Flexing it he's out. He's flexing it out right now. Um, Abram, I want to. I want to. I want to go into my next guest off of a talk to us message that we received on behalf of Coach. So, Abram, if you could hit that talk to us message, Coach, this is for you. Hey, this is for Coach Charlie, Cynthia in Oxford. Would love it if you would have an EV owner on your show as a guest sometime. 
because as you said in your latest episode you don't have one and you don't know anyone that does and so it's hard to kind of see it from the inside out but those of us who do have EVs are pretty much really happy with them and don't they don't require a lot of maintenance or gasoline so you have to factor that into how much it costs to charge them so I just wanted to say that since I heard you worrying about how much it costs to charge them on your last episode. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. That was Cynthia in Oxford, Coach. Well, Cynthia in Oxford, today we have brought an EV owner on we the sure show. We sure have. We sure have. And I am excited to introduce him. He is one of our in-house. He's one of my colleagues here at MPB. He works with MPB TV. He's a great guy. Very nice. And he's always pleasant. Um, I'd like to introduce Joey Gibson to AutoCorrect. Hi. Hey, Joey. <laughs> now, Joey's been owning his EV for how long now, Joey? I got it in March of last year. Okay. Okay. March of last year, right on time for our EV episode. Um, so we're glad to have you here as an EV owner. And Cynthia, I hope you ha- you're you happy. I brought somebody on who owned an EV. I wanted to make sure I got that in. Um, but Joey, I want to get started a little bit with you so that, you know, we can kind of get your story as an EV owner. What made you switch? So... I had a car that was going to be very, very expensive to do the next maintenance, uh, the scheduled maintenance. Yeah. It was going to be a lot more than a usual oil change. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to just do away with oil changes altogether, started looking, and um, decided to get a – I got a Tesla Model 3. Mm-hmm. It was used, and, I mean, it's been – great since then so far yeah coach what's your question well my question is okay so you said you got it because the schedule maintenance is going to be about thirteen hundred dollars what you mm-hmm. said well anytime you take a vehicle to the dealership and you're going to go buy their schedule maintenance you're going to pay more well even though you're going to pay more at that dealership have you had any maintenance done on that tesla yet I have had a tire rotation that they came to me to do. It was about $60, and they just came straight to MPB and did it for me. So you have not had to buy tires for it? You've not had to replace a battery? Not yet. Okay. I just just want to throw this out here. I talked to an EV owner the other day. I even got to drive the EV, and she said she bought a Model S, I do believe, and it was $60,000 used as well okay she went to connecticut to get it so it was sixty thousand dollars but she said automatically she had to put twenty thousand dollars back to pay for that battery that she knows that she's going to have to have so now we're eighty thousand dollars in this ev that she's had for maybe a little over a year are the batteries that expensive yes ma'am yes wow the tires are also more expensive because the vehicle's much heavier. Okay. You have to have special tires for an EV. Okay. 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 And they do. I'm just asking you once again, you will change tires more on that EV. Right. Okay. So how many miles did that one that you have, that one you got? It had 32,000 miles on it. 32,000. How many you got on it now? About 49,000. Okay. So uh, I think we talked a little earlier that you drove here from Austin. You stopped six times. I mean, you said you was on a supercharger that took about 10 minutes. Okay. How much does it cost if you use a supercharger? If you use a supercharger, that's when it costs about the same as if you're on a road trip in a gas car. It's about 10 to $15 for a stop to charge enough to make it to the next stop. 
Okay, because that's what I was thinking because I had a write-up on it, and it said that, sure, you can charge EV at the house. It doesn't cost you as much. That's that's where you would do it. Right. But if you do go on the road, it costs you just about as much as doing a vehicle, a gasoline vehicle. Right. And in my case, it is – I charge at home significantly more than on the road. So – my cost savings are pretty significant, but um, and that's probably the case for most people that would get them. But you do have a handful of people that would do a lot more driving, and that's where it would it really wouldn't save you much. Okay, in that regard. Yeah. What did your charger cost to have it installed in your residence? I trickle charge. You trickle charge. So what that, does that mean? That means I just plug into a regular one ten outlet. Okay. And it charges real slow. Mm-hmm. To fully charge, it takes about eight to ten hours to fully charge. Okay, it. so you're doing it like an overnight after right. you get home right. or something like that. Okay, okay. So that's a trickle charge. There are several different chargers that you can install in the house. You want to talk about those chargers that you found out about? Uh, the quick charge uh, superchargers take fifty amps of two twenty to make them function. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's about like a dryer or an air conditioner in your home. Uh, most people don't use them that much they trickle charge like you do overnight the one that my friend had put in cost them about 250 dollars the charger itself was less than 400 and it was close enough to the box it didn't cost much to install but they still got the capability to quick charge so when you said it's close enough to the box what he's talking about that the Outlet that he put in was close enough to the main power source of where they bring in the power to the, it's called the panel, electric panel in the house. Now, if you had 150 amp and this takes 50 amps of power, that means that the box had to be increased to 200 amps. A small house built in the 50s or 60s would have a 100 amp power source, mm. the 100 amps coming in. It would not be capable comfortably. To charge your 50 amp yeah. charger. Yeah. So you get, you start reworking the power supply coming into the house, the panel. You know, that's worst case scenario. Most new houses, you can do that. Yeah. yeah. My house is already wired for it when we built it. Right. But not for an EV, it was for a welder. Oh. Okay. So you have not put the charger or nothing in the house. Right. Okay. Not yet. So you're planning on doing that as well, right? Eventually, we'd like to. We, we've gotten a quote, but uh, we're not ready yet. So besides the uh, charge and the uh, cost that you paid for it, what do you think about EVs yourself as you as an individual? I I really like it. I like the um, – for one thing, I like how quiet it is. It's like you know where we are, we're real close to the road, so we hear some very loud cars driving by at night, and it just makes me think about a nice future where we have fewer loud cars driving by at night. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Um, Not the big pipes on the trucks, Joey. Yeah. I mean, I, I know they'll never go away completely, and that's I, fine. But. I like to sneak around in my vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joy, let me ask you a question here. Why do you think EVs are not as popular as the government wanted them to be? Well, right now, the charging infrastructure for road trips can still be a little difficult, especially – like, right now, it's not too bad in Teslas. And I know that they are rolling out um, – like a lot of EVs are switching to Tesla's adapt like charger charging system, but 
until that happens, it's going to be a little more difficult for people who have non-Teslas to do road trips mm-hmm. because they're so few and far between. You have to buy adapters to keep them right. in the car. Right. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay, Joy, uh, tell us a little bit about those charging systems that you uh, found out. Well, there's a CCS. I don't know what it stands for, but it's everybody except Tesla uses a CCS. Tesla is uh, instrumental in the North American charging standard and that's they've offered everybody to come to that so it's a universal it'll be a little easier to deal with but uh charging is kind of like cell phones were when you started in the beginning everybody did all kinds of things and now they've narrowed it down to a more efficient thing mm-hmm. that you can put mm-hmm. it's, it's electronics yeah yeah couple of stats i pulled up so washington post had average savings per fill up by state um, for us here in Mississippi, anything between um, it's everything between nineteen dollars and thirty dollars worth of savings, whether you bought an EV truck, EV SUV, or an EV sedan. And here's also a, a funny a funny fact. Um, I searched um, what state is no which state has the most EVs or which state is the least EV friendly and of course Mississippi, Mississippi. is the least EV friendly state with 900 with 9275 residents per charger more than 10 times the residents per charger compared to the number 1 um, EV friendly state Vermont well if you think about EVs in general as Joy said earlier, that you wouldn't be taking long trips in them until they get all the charging infrastructure together. Um, rural area, I think this is my my thinking, is that rural areas, and that's what Mississippi is, mm-hmm. a rural area, Alabama, uh, Arkansas, all these, is it really feasible for them to drive EVs all the time? Mm-hmm. Mm. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's the question that we're asking. Right. Is it feasible? And, I, I you know, I'm guessing – Depending upon what savings you're looking at or, you know, your your actual the infrastructure of how you can charge is is the big the big way out. Well, you know, um, in the last few weeks, you can even think about it. Uh, first of all, I will tell you that President Biden gave seven billion dollars to a company to make chargers. Seven chargers have been made in since his time in office and none of them have been installed. Seven billion dollars. Where did the money go and where are the chargers? We're going to get that question answered. We'd love to hear your comments on this. If you've got a question, you can also send emails to auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about EVs. Is your car under recall? I'll tell you how you can find out next. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Jermaine Flood. If you want even more AutoCorrect, find our podcast on all podcast platforms for your smart device. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturday days at 11 a.m. I want to go ahead and thank Joey Gibson for coming through as the EV owner on the show. He had to slip out, of course, because he works here. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So Joey had to slip out, but we thank Joey for everything he gave us today on EVs. I'm going to run through these recent recalls real quickly, Coach, because we got a full lineup of calls. 2.6 million Acuras and Hondas have been recalled for fuel pumps. This includes a long list of those. Um, they're issuing this recall for them and for this faulty fuel pump. Um, this can lead to the engine not starting or stalling while driving, increasing the risk of an injury 
or crash. Um, the next one is one million Lexus's Toyota vehicles recalled for faulty sensors. Um, that one also has a long list of the vehicles that are included in this recall. Um, the front passenger seat could have been improperly manufactured, causing a short circuit. This will not allow the airbag system to properly gauge the occupant's weight, and the airbag may not deploy as designed in certain crashes, increasing the risk of an injury. Um, the next one, dealing with EVs, 2021 to 2023, Tesla Model S's, Model X's, are recalled for unlocking doors. Um, these unlocking cabin doors can be unlocked during a crash, which may then unlatch and open, increasing the risk of an injury. Um, the next one is a 2022 to 2024 Ford Mavericks or have been recalled for failing turn signals. Um, the vehicles will not adjust the turn signal flash rate frequency to warn the driver that the turn signal isn't working correctly. And that faulty turn signal that fails to notify other drivers um, could increase the risk of a crash. Mercedes-Benz is expanding fuel pump recalls by nearly 80,000. The reason why we've got so many is we've been gone on the holiday. Well, um, but yeah, Mercedes-Benz expands fuel pump recalls by nearly 80,000 vehicles. Um, this is for those uh, luckily owners only need to have the fuel pump replaced, which dealers are doing for free. The 2011 Kia Sorentos are being recalled over engine compartment fire risk. Software for the NOx sensor detection system was not installed right at the time of manufacture, and as a result, the engine compartment fire may occur while driving, increasing the risk of a crash or injury. And then finally, nearly 113,000 Ford F-150s have been recalled for a rollaway risk. This is for the 2021 to 2023 Ford F-150s equipped with the trailer tow max duty package and a 9.75 inch heavy duty axle with three quarter float axle designs are affected and the issue stems from the rear axle hub bolt which may fatigue and break possibly resulting in damage to the axle hub splines such damage can cause a loss of drive power or result in a vehicle roll away when the vehicle is in park without the parking brake applied in each case increases the risk of a crash um, all of these you can contact the manufacturers if you have have more questions or need more information. And then, of course, you can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Traffic Highway Safety Administration's website in htsa.gov forward slash recalls and inputting your VIN number. We're talking about EVs today. We're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. The phone number, I don't even have to say it because the phone lines are full. You want to jump on one Let's of them? Just get on it. Okay. Steve in Hickory has a personal EV owner experience. Steve, you're on with Coach Charlie. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Good morning. Uh, three quick, I just have three quick points that could probably help your conversation. We, we own a Chevy Bolt EV, and we're about to put solar on our garage and charge it for free. And so when we don't charge it, it goes back to the grid. So there's a re- reduction in cost. Part two is we're about to buy another of Chevy Bolt because effective, I believe, January 1st, the dealers... Even if you don't have a tax liability, the dealers, most dealers, they're not all signed up yet, will give you your $7,500 tax rebate. It's on them. Does that make sense? So, so you can, an example, you can walk in and $7,500 off a, we'll say a Tesla, or for us a Chevy Bolt, brings that price down below a ICE vehicle now. We can get a Chevy Bolt for $22,000, and I think a gas Corolla looking for my daughter is 24. And the last thing is, um, 
the Tesla has opened up, I believe, in, I think it's February for our boat, for General Motors, where you can get an over-the-air update. And so I think in February we start able to use all the charging stations in the nation for superchargers. That all of them would be superchargers? Well, it depends. General Motors is February, I believe. I believe Ford is April or May. They do an over-the-air update, and then they will, because you own the vehicle, you'll get an adapter to use the superchargers. I believe that's May for Ford. Yeah, where? February for GM. Yeah. Yeah, wherever the superchargers are located, yes. I understand where you're coming from there. So right. you're so you're installing solar on your house, so you'd be off the grid completely, okay? No, no. No, we, we're just doing enough to charge the car, which is then, you know, free for that, the rest to go back to the grid. So we're just doing enough to charge the EV. Okay, so the whole house is not going. You're just putting it just to do no. the one. How much does it cost to put that solar in? Yeah, turnkey is five thousand, about $5,000. It depends on the final quote from the electrician to hook it up to the grid. That'll be a different cost. If we decide to just do it ourselves, it's, it's about four to $5,000. Okay, so if you have an electrician, we're going to say he has to make his money. We're going to say about yeah. seven to ten. Okay, just off the top. Okay, right, so, right. so evidently you enjoy the EV. Now, ask your same question. Why do you think Americans are not doing all EVs? Oh, I agree completely on your conversation about rural. It's very difficult in the southeast because, you know, where are the, where are the chargers, correct? But I also agree that most most EV owners charge at home, and with, when they open up the, the Tesla superchargers, that allows that 200-mile uh, uh, range anxiety to not be quite as bad, knowing that all those are open. Okay, yeah. Um, and, I was yeah. really going to talk about range anxiety, is that people do have yeah. anxieties, if, knowing that they may not be able to make it. A good question that was asked, asked let, let earlier. Me, let me ask it. Okay, you ask this question. <laughs> On behalf of Abram. Okay. <laughs> Abram came in with a great question. He was like, so you know how it is when you run out of gas and, you know, somebody in a big truck comes, drives by, and he's got a gas can and he fills you up. Well, what happens if, let's just say, I'm kind of piggyback a little bit off of what you said, Abram. From what happens if you don't have a backup battery in your EV and you run out of battery on a rural road? What? Uh, what? Was that for me? I'm sorry. Oh no, 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 no. This that's is just a, this uh, was just a question. Yeah, this was just a question we kind of threw out there. You know what happens when you're that? Does AAA come out? Do they charge you up? Because I've got AAA. Can I call them? I don't know about that. You, you good, might. Good question. Good question, but I will tell you, uh, Pete, tell them what's the difference in the towing of an EV and a regular vehicle. When you have an EV, you need to keep your owner's manual with you because if somebody comes to tow you, there are instructions on how you can and cannot be towed. Uh, Tesla, I've got two Model S and a Model X. You have to put it in tow mode. You have to grab a particular spot on the car if you don't have the factory-installed tow hooks. Mm -hmm. Tow hooks are a pretty good thing. That means they don't have to get underneath the vehicle, but they only have one tow hook on the front, but that will get you on a rollback. You have to put it in tow mode, and by these instructions, you can only move it about 30 feet, which is what you get on the truck. That's about how the distance of getting on the truck. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, it's every one is a little different, but you need to have your own instructions and keep your owner's manual with you. Yeah. Don't leave it at home. Yeah. You know, I did get to drive an uh, EV, a Tesla the other day, and I will tell you, it was quiet. It was efficient. 
and it was fast. There you go, coach. Come on now. All three of them. I will tell you that. Those are, if you're being friendly, uh, earth friendly, that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. And not saying, you know, a lot of people were buying EVs due to how high the gas was. Mm-hmm. Well, we got to understand our gas is down. It's right. cheaper than it's been in a long time. Right. Is that one of the reasons people are not buying EVs? <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, you got any more questions? You still there with us? I'm still here and talking about the rankings out. You're talking about if your car runs out. My sister, when she went to Auburn, ran out of gas probably once a week. My dad couldn't stand it. So we would take the same precaution. We would take the I understand where you're going on that. It's, uh, you, have, you have to think about it. You can't turn the car over to your six-year-old daughter because that could happen. Yeah. Or son. Yeah. Please yeah. son. I'm sorry. I have a, so, or son. There we go. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right, Steve. You're right. Steve, thank you so much for your question, yes, comments, sir, and everything it. you gave us. Have a good day, buddy. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Thanks, Steve. Beverly, I see you out there in Ellisville. You're up next. Francis, I see you out there on the road. You are coming up next. And Cynthia in Oxford, I see you out there as well. Our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about EVs. It was between your car repair questions, but now we're just talking about EVs today. What's in the news? High mileage drivers aren't buying EVs, and that's a problem. And all of the EVs eligible for instant tax rebates on January 1st, I got those in my pocket. I'll tell you more next. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Melton, retired instructor from Clinton High School's Automotive Technology Program, is our expert host. I'm Jermaine Flood. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Before we get back to the phone lines, here's what's in the news. High mileage drivers aren't buying EVs, and that's a problem. Now, while a transition towards electric vehicles has steadily taken hold to combat uh, climate change, EVs aren't filling up city streets and highways in proportional numbers to sales. Um, They found that gas vehicles were driven 62.4% more than EVs between 2016 and 2022 based on odometer readings. I had to stop there. You did. I did it it right, didn't I, Coach? You did. Thanks. The environmental impact of EVs could be overestimated if electric cars aren't being relied on by high mileage drivers or used as daily drivers for multi-vehicle households. So the notion that most people are buying electric vehicles and keeping gas-powered cars for long-distance trips might be as well, might might as well be wishful thinking. Now, while that is true, the uh, study found that the overall mileage gap between the two powertrain types is so severe that these households can't offset the deficit on their own. Um, so the, sol- the solution seems simple on the surface. Get more EVs in the hands of people who drive a lot. The only problem is that new electric vehicles are expensive. And of course, it'll likely set somebody back 48000 Um around 5,000 more compared to a vehicle with an internal combustion engine. So that's on that one. Well, when you think about what price you're paying, and this is the thing is what I see some people, why they don't buy EVs. First of all, the upfront cost, that's the first one. Mm -hmm. So the upfront cost, then the battery, and then charging. Those are the reason, just like you're saying, is why you do not see as many of them on the road as we thought they were going to be. Yeah, 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 that's right. So the second news story was um, all the EVs eligible for instant tax rebates that began January 1st. So here's the ones that are not eligible, which is a longer list than the ones that are. So 
EVs with battery materials manufactured in China will no longer be eligible for that tax rebate. And this could include even some of the Teslas, like Tesla's trying to switch a few things over so I guess people can get that tax rebate and stuff like that. They're trying to get some of them switched over, but there are currently only 10 vehicles sold in the U.S. that are eligible for the full federal rebate. The big three plus Tesla, and that's it. There are still a few that qualify for half rebate rate and a few more PHEVs, but not many. Um, So the Cadillac Lyric, the Chevrolet Blazer EV, the Chevrolet Bolt EV and EUV, the Chevrolet Equinox EV, the Chevrolet Silverado EV, the Ford F-150 Lightning, the Tesla Model 3 Performance, Model Y and Model X, and the Chrysler Pacifica PHEV are the only ones that are eligible for that rebate. Right. There was two uh, chemicals that was put in there that evidently, I don't know if the government knew, but until they remove those two elements, they're not eligible. Okay. Okay. Um, And I'll have a link to these stories in our show's podcast description, but I want to piggyback off of it with Pete. Pete, you were talking about a $250 Entergy rebate for our residents here. You need to check and see if it's available for you and your application, but there is a chance that you could get $250 back. If you have a charger installed at your residence. Mm. And that's from Energy, right? Energy. Energy, mm-hmm. okay. yeah. That's central Mississippi. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So there could be a rebate there to everybody. Check for that. But today, you know what we're talking about. It's EVs. Email your questions to auto at mpbonline.org. Let's go to the phone lines. Beverly in Ellisville is on the line. She's talking about Mississippi's preparedness for EV transition. Beverly, you're on with Coach Charlie. Oh, don't get me started this morning. I bought a used, yeah, I bought a used uh, 2014 uh, BMW i3 in 2018. So that you know, so it's four years old at that point. And and be mind, it was my second car. It's very hard, as your uh, listeners and as you guys mentioned, to have a primary car, a EV as a primary car, because you know you have that range envy going on, and for long mileages. I can tell you why a lot of people don't buy EVs, because it's not cost-effective yet. It just isn't cost-effective. Now, granted, I got this used, so I got it at a good deal. If I'd have bought it brand new, because I think brand new, they're $50,000, I wouldn't have spent that kind of money for a second car. But I just recently had to have, as a lot of these EVs have, they have more than one battery. You know, like the hybrid, the Toyota Prius and those, a lot of them have four batteries. I mean, you think about it. The old cars has one battery that goes to a landfill. Now you got four batteries that are going to a landfill. And, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> is that really environmentally effective? The other thing is, so with my car recently, I'm glad to know that I didn't hear you say my car was on the uh, recall list. I'll have to check that website when I get off to mm-hmm. see. But you didn't mention it. But anyway, just recently, um, last year, I guess the end of last year, it has a high voltage cable, as a lot of these uh, do. Right, and they all do. One, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it has a lithium battery in the back and the other batteries in the front. Well, let me tell you that 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 cable has to be replaced anywhere four to six years, and that's going to cost you four thousand. Okay. Mm. Then I had the batteries replaced, so I spent ten thousand dollars. The last quarter of last year, now, thank God I can do that. Not everybody can do that. And as I said, 
That's a second car. That's not a primary car. I also have a truck and a Suburban, which are gas-powered. But you cannot have an EV and think that it's cost-effective right now in the world that we live in. Sadly, I mean, I wish it were. And I plug mine in in my carport at night, so, you know, it's a 110. Thankfully, I don't have to go to a supercharger. But I can tell you, people aren't buying them because they're not cost-effective yet. Well, I will have to agree on that, that they're, they're not cost-effective due to all that's involved, even though the maintenance is cheaper on an EV. But once you have maintenance, like you're changing batteries, you're changing cables, that does add up. You know, and we're going to talk about batteries just for a second. Pete, tell me about the batteries that you uh, were talking about earlier to me on those batteries. Well, first, I hope that your batteries are not going to a landfill. They should be recycled. Hmm. Because you can get refurbished batteries, yes. You can get refurbished, but they also take them, disassemble them, and use some of the components to make new batteries with. There is no more lead coming in this country. Uh, I think it was an Obama thing. Oh, that's a good thing. Okay. But uh, batteries don't like cold weather, typically, or very hot weather. Uh, your battery will not last as long in cold weather, generally. Not always, but most always. You need to be aware of that. When you load the vehicle, like you're towing or you're running it hard, your battery's going to last less time. Mm. That needs to be allowed with what you do. Yeah, because faster you drive, more amperage is going to take to turn those motors and less voltage you're going to have in that battery left. Okay, well, that was the thing I was thinking. Uh, on the Lightning, on a, even a 2024 Lightning, one of the things it said that if you towed a sixth 6,100 pound trailer that you'd get two thirds less range in that battery mm. just for 6,100 pounds. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of change. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of change. Beverly, thank you so much for giving us a call. Well, she, good luck to anybody that buys an EV in Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> you were, well, thank you for calling. You were so real, Beverly. I loved right. it. Thank you. And you, you mean you can snowball with this stuff, right? In in either way, you That's know, right. everything can kind of snowball, like she was saying. Well, where, where where does this stuff go? I really what do we think do with it? I really think it's up to the individual if. If you want to buy an EV, we put the information out. If you don't want to buy an EV, mm-hmm. the information's out there. Mm-hmm. That is up to the consumer to mm-hmm. make up their mind if mm-hmm. they want to buy mm-hmm. an EV. Well, they're making better components every day. Right. And it will eventually come to that, probably not in my lifetime. Right. Well, Abram, I want to go. I'm, I'm, I want to go to Cynthia right now in Oxford because Cynthia was our talk to us message. And so, Cynthia, welcome to AutoCorrect, and you are on with Coach Charlie. Thank you so much. I am really loving this conversation. Thank you for your talk Uh, to us message that I've been holding in my back pocket for this specific Uh, episode. That's right, just for you. (laughs) Well, I'm really appreciating this. And one of the things I wanted to just um, bring in was that just to, from people listening, not all EVs are the same. Right. And, and and there's just such more and more variety in terms of finding one that might suit your needs. Um, I drive the uh, Volt plug-in hybrid, and so I have the gas backup when I need it. Uh, my sister has the Hyundai Ioniq 5. It gets 300 miles on the charge. And, but it is a second car for them as well. So they do have, her husband has a regular ICE car. Um, but the what reason, one of the reasons they love the Ionic so much is because it does have that bi-directional charging. 
so that if your power does go out, go out you can charge your house with your car, um, which is kind of a good peace of mind thing. Um, but there's just such a variety. I guess for me personally, um, I paid 32000 for my Volt four years ago, um, have had zero problems with it, um, haven't put gas in it in six months. Um, I usually, you know, just fine for around town. I plug it in at night in my garage, trickle charge it, it's ready in the morning. Um, the, one of the nice things for me personally, when I go pick up my granddaughter at her school, there's a lot of cars lined up that are idling. And I just feel really good that my car shuts off automatically. It's not polluting the air, you know, while the kids are there standing on the sidewalk. So that makes me feel good. Well, that does. Let me, ask, let me ask you a question mm-hmm. real quick. Would you consider the EV, especially in our in Mississippi, a car that would be used just around town? What do you think about that? Well, um, well, most people they've shown only drive, you know, less than 50 miles a day, usually for around town. So if you did have it like me, the plug-in hybrid is is well within that. Um, but there are cars that will get a, a more of a range, like the 300 miles on a charge, if you did have, you know, you were in a, a rural situation. But I guess what you need to do is just, Look at your lifestyle and see if an EV will fit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as time goes on, we'll have even more and more options. Right. That is a good, so, good answer. Cynthia, thank awesome. you. Thank you for being thank my superstar guys, today and starting the show off. <laughs> you know, there is one thing. There was one thing I was thinking about. If you different EVs, I, I think maybe people didn't really know that mm-hmm. a EV is a hybrid vehicle. Mm-hmm. So if and if you got a hybrid out there, you do have an EV. Okay, okay. Listen, Francis and Bill, you two, I'm holding you. We're coming right back to you. I've got the phone lines. I want to let everybody know I've got the phone lines blocked now because it went so crazy, and I want to be able to get to everybody who called. Right. So Francis and Bill, you're up next. We're discussing EVs and taking your repair questions. Send an email to auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up and Coach's Tip of the week. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Here's a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. This week we're driving the 2024 Jeep Wrangler Rubicon 4XC. It has all the capability of a traditional Jeep, but it has 22 miles of all-electric driving too. On the outside, the only clues to that capability are just some light blue accents for the tow hooks, hood graphics, and tow hooks in the back as well. It's just a very cool looking vehicle with the snarling hood vents. Inside, you got heated front, Napa leather seats, a heated leather wrapped steering wheel, Alpine audio system, brand new redesigned touchscreen, and all the safety systems you really need. But underneath driving all this, first of all, you got disconnecting sway bars so you can really articulate the suspension and do some serious off roading. But as a 2 liter turbocharged four cylinder engine, plus the batteries and motors, it gives you 375 horsepower and 470 pound feet of torque. And beyond the 22 miles of electric driving, you get 49 miles per gallon equivalent. So let's talk about price. The Wrangler itself starts about 32 grand. Have a plug-in is about 50 grand. This one, everything on it with Rubicon package, $76,935. See the full video on his YouTube channel 
AutoCasey, and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of the program, you can listen to the whole show from autocorrect.mpbonline.org. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Stay tuned after the show at 11 a.m. at Southern Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Morgan McLeod. I'm Jermaine Flood, and our expert is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. It's time for Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. You know, as we're talking about EVs, I just want to make sure that all the consumers know that you're the one that should be able to make your mind up if if the EV is for you or if it's not. You make up your mind, do the research, find out what fits you, as Cynthia said earlier. Find one that fits you. If that's what you want, hey, go for it. Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, We did lose Francis, but we still have Bill on the line. Before we get to Bill, hold him for one second for me, Abram. I wanted to talk about hybrid. We were on the break talking about hybrid fuel and battery. You know, if you've got a hybrid, it's a battery vehicle and it's a fuel vehicle. But you were talking about the fuel expiring if you don't use it, right, Pete? The fuel can go bad. In a full tank okay. in as little as three weeks, according to the guys that blend the fuel. Okay. It's not designed to be stored up. Stored. If you have some back when the fuel was being held in barges on the river and you smelled it, it smelled terrible, it had stuff put in it to make it flash again, to make it be able to burn. Okay. It can go bad. You need to put a stabilizing agent in it if you're not going to use it. But every six months, okay, you're not going to put fuel in it that often. It needs to have something in it to keep it stable. So use your fuel first. Your battery is for the backup, right? That's about what it sounds like in a hybrid. But you still need to use that fuel that's in the system every now and then. Just make sure you're using that fuel so it does not go bad. Okay. So what was the timing on that again, Pete? Would you say three months? Three weeks is what they told us. It it, it can (laughs) actually go bad that quickly. Okay. Normally it won't. Okay. But in that rare case, it, it can. Okay. And it gets gummy, sticky, nasty, and okay. generally not good. Okay. And then it costs you a lot of money to fix it. Right. Y'all make sure y'all check that out. Bill in Ridgeland is on the line. He's got a hybrid vehicle comment to piggyback off of what we're talking about. Come on, Bill. You're on with Coach Charlie. Hey, good morning. Um, I just wanted to comment you know, on the uh, EVs versus hybrids. Um, I just bought a hybrid Hyundai Sonata, and I get around 50 miles per gallon. I have a range of over 500 miles on a tank of gas, and I don't have to worry about plugging it in and charging it. It does that by itself. You know, it's got the electric engine and a um, combustion engine, and it's great. It, it's got all the bells and whistles. It you know, almost drives itself, but the fuel economy is wonderful, and I don't have to worry about plugging it in. So until the infrastructure is developed where there are sufficient amounts of chargers, I don't know why anybody would buy an EV instead of a hybrid. That's how I feel, Bill. I would love a hybrid. They seem so nice. That is the way to go. (laughs) If you notice, a couple years ago, or maybe three or four years ago, hybrids were real big. Everybody was buying hybrids. And then the EV, now, once again, a hybrid is an EV because an EV is any type of vehicle that is ran by electric. It can have a, a internal combustion engine or batteries. So it is an EV. But hybrids was the way to go where you could use that battery. The vehicle would charge the vehicle 
and then you would use the gasoline, and that's why you get 500 and mm-hmm. some odd mm-hmm. miles per range. I want one one day. Bill, thank you so much for your comment. I'm going to go into an email, a couple of them. First one, Coach, this is coming from Tim in Illinois. He says, how does the AC and heater work in an EV? Does running either of these reduce the time between charging? Thank you. Yes, it does. Once again, that vehicle runs off those batteries. Anything that takes juice runs off that battery. Now, you have the high-voltage battery and you have a low-voltage battery in there, okay? Well, that's a hybrid, but you do have that high-voltage battery in there, and Tesla does have a uh, 12-volt battery, too, and they say it's real hard to get to. But that's to run your lights and stuff like that. But anytime you're not, uh, if that thing's not charged, that battery goes down. Yeah, yeah, it'll run it up. Okay, here's another email. Jermaine and Coach, I enjoy your show and listen to almost every episode. I was listening this past Thursday, August 10th. This was last year. I've been holding these for this episode. When the discussion turned to the cost of operating a vehicle, gasoline-powered versus electric, I was disappointed to hear the reaction was negative towards EVs based solely on the fact that Coach's electric bill at his house increased over the past year. (laughs) You remember that, Conrad? I remember that. It increased about $200. I didn't hear any objective data presented or expert opinions being solicited that could help listeners. I did a quick Google search and found an extraordinary number of articles, websites, and et cetera, evaluating the difference. The sources were varied as government departments concerned with energy issues, consumer publications, um, and interest publications such as Car and Driver and Road road and Track, just to name a few. Um, A quick search Search could provide an enormous amount of information supporting each side of the debate. And this is a critical discussion we should be having about what the future holds and how our automobiles and trucks might affect it. Please use the numerous resources available at institutions of higher learning and industries in the state of Mississippi to have experts present data and give objective advice to help your listeners. Thanks for the programs, MPB, Mississippi and the adjoining states we provide. Elmer Sellers. Thank you so very much. I really do. I love this episode, Coach. We we hit it up. Pete Tyre, I enjoyed you coming on with us today. And that'll wrap us up. Our show engineer, Abram Nanny, call screener, Charles Arnold for Coach Charlie Melton, Master Technician. I'm Jermaine Flood. Next week, we're discussing SRS. Thanks for listening to Autocorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.